0: Ports and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walshier, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today my guests are Natalie and Yasmin. They are the owners, co-owners of NYB Media Incorporated and CourseCreation.com. How are you ladies doing today?
1: Good. Thank you for having us. We're really excited about today's uh, today's talk.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey. I appreciate you both taking the time out of your day to, to be here.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you ladies are the co-owners and founders of NYB Media and CourseCreation.com. You're video production experts. You are accountability coaches, business mentors, and passive income stream nerds, as you call yourselves. (laughs) How on earth do you find all the time to fit all this in?
2: Yeah, I think the entrepreneurial journey is a really, really interesting one because the more you dive in, the busier you get, the more opportunities you know, come up. So it's all honestly about scheduling. It's all about scheduling and having a good grasp about your day and your goals and also delegating tasks. I think we get really good at that. And just knowing that we don't have to do it all. And that's just a part of scaling the business too. So we're really fortunate to be able to do everything. And this is what we're really passionate about. So I think that the laundry list keeps on growing, but it's a matter of <laughs> scheduling properly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How long have you ladies known each other and how did you meet?
1: I think we're going on 11 or 12 years now, Mm -hmm. probably about 15. I'm sorry. 15 years. I I forget that. Yeah. We went to university together. We both did our graduate undergraduate bachelor's degree. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. in (laughs) broadcasting. And Mm -hmm. it was like four long years of getting to know each other and doing a lot of projects and that's kind of like where we met, we introduced, we kind of got to know each other's work ethic. And after that, we went on to, you know, conquer the world. We worked around a little bit, realized yes. it wasn't for us. And so, you know, we had a great partnership in university on our, in our final year, we worked on a project together and it just, it just went so well that when it came time to, you know, perhaps starting a business, we knew we would make each other's perfect partner.
0: hmm what were you ladies each of you doing for work before you decided to go into business together?
2: Yeah, I started off, I worked at, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting okay. Corporation, for a little while. And then I, I moved to another really amazing media production house. It was called VoicePrint at the time. It changed to mm-hmm. AMI, Accessible Media Incorporated. And they really focused on providing accessible media to people who had vision uh, impairments. So it was really, really re- rewarding. It was a cushiony job coming out of university and being able to do that. And that's what I did. And I, at the same time, I had a retail job on the side on the weekends. Which is crazy, but that's what it was like then. And Mm. Natalie? Yeah, I also worked
1: around the production industry in Toronto. Tricon Films was a place I worked at. I also worked at CBC. I finally landed a job as actually like a PR media management for a real estate company and what sort of led to starting our business was they had hired a production company to create a promotional video for them they paid them around $30,000 mm-hmm. and that video was okay
0: some part <laughs> yeah.
1: i mean it was it was okay but you know when i finally saw the opportunity that came in the corporate world like what established companies would pay for a promotional video. I was like, I can do better than that, you know? And in fact, not only I can do better than that, but Yasmin and I can do better than that because we work together so well and we were creating videos all throughout university. So that's where, you know, that idea came from, but it's obviously evolved and changed over the years.
0: Now you both both of you ladies were working at the C B C. Were you there at the same time?
2: No. no. (laughs) (laughs) We were inter we interned all throughout university at different production houses. And I think at one point our internships kind of overlapped. Mm -hmm. That would have been really fun if we did work there at the same time. (laughs) But honestly, you know, CBC, great corporation if you want if you want to be in news and media in that sense. It was also it was really hard and there was just a cap you reach and there wasn't a whole lot of growth beyond that. And we realized that right away that it Mm -hmm. just wasn't for us because we were just creative souls trying to (laughs) trying to burst and give life to more.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did the conversations begin between the two of you to go into business together? And how long after you started discussing it did you actually make it happen?
1: I believe our conversations actually happened in university. It was kind of like a dream back then, like Mm -hmm. a hypothetical, like, what if, like, what if we could do this or that? But, you know, you're so young back then, you don't really think you have the guts. Yeah. (laughs) And so we needed some time to settle into ourselves and experience real jobs to really know that that's not what we wanted. So the conversation evolved. Like I said, like I was in this job, I got to have firsthand experience into something that I knew we could do and we could do better. And that sort of gave the fire of like, let's just start, let's start small, Mm -hmm. you know, let's put everything that we earned back into the business. There's really no risk, especially when you're at that age, there really isn't any risk. So,
2: so we really had nothing to lose uh, when we started out. Yeah, we, we basically started off by investing in ourselves. And as Natalie just said, putting everything back in. And what did that mean at that time, putting everything back in? Obviously, a lot of our time and hours, yeah. we we're still working our full time jobs, kind of sitting on two chairs at once. Actually, I did that for a lot longer than Nat did. And she really inspired me to be like, OK, you know what? I am i can't do everything all together. Uh-huh. And if I'm really going to give it my all, I'm going to give it my all. But the investment was essentially buying you know, camera equipment, having a laptop to Edit on and our parents' basements and kitchen you know, tables <laughs> with our workstation.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How has NYB Media Incorporated evolved since you first started?
1: It's evolved a lot. When we first started, we weren't called NYB Media. Okay. <laughs> we were NYB Films and we actually did weddings. <laughs> Oh wow. We just needed to get in somehow. Little by little, you know, there was a moment in time where we literally knocked on doors. Like, and I mean, we actually did that. We knocked doors on tea shops and coffee shops saying, we'll do a promotional video for you for as low as $300. We just needed a way in. I mean, over the years, it's changed significantly. Like, we've had the pleasure of working with some really well known brands like Visa, Canadian Tire, Samsung, TD Bank. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) Yeah and and the type of work that we do has changed as well we're not just doing promotional videos we're doing commercials we're doing campaigns we're doing social media it's all about that you know how they want to perceive themselves what type of brand they want to put out and we really help them put the vision and the story behind that.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, how do you guys split the responsibilities in terms of a job? Like, I mean, I know you're now both living in separate locations, but when you were together, like living in the same city and working on the business together, how did you divide up the responsibilities? Like who would shoot, who would edit, or did you do a bit of both? Like, how did that all play out? How did that work?
2: I think as entrepreneurs, you wear all hats and it's really important to wear all hats in the beginning because you really understand what you need, what your business needs. And it also you also figure out where your strengths lie and where you have weaknesses. And fortunately, one of the reasons. Amongst many reasons why Natalie and I make such a great partnership, and we always, whenever somebody's considering to work with somebody else or bring somebody on as a partner, is trying to understand where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses. Be very clear about that. And how does your partner fill in those gaps for you? So although we we wore all hats and we, were, we dove in and on all aspects, we really... From the early days, we realized that, you know, Natalie is very big picture. She is a director. She is a visionary when it comes to that. And I'm the detail oriented person who brings everything down and says, okay, we need, you know, we need A, B, C, D to get to Z. So that was very, very complimentary in our journey. And and that's how we really divided and conquered back when we first started our business and how we function to this day. So whether, We are in the same country or apart. It doesn't matter. We make it happen and we divide and conquer. But really, we can do it all at the same time.
0: NYB Media, the first business that you started together, then CourseCreation.com just kind of evolved out of that original creation. Is that what happened?
1: A little bit of both. I mean, it was it was a factor of us having a great partnership and having the ability to tell stories through video and then also being significantly impacted by what was happening in the world at that time. Mm -hmm. When we started coursecreation.com, it was the beginning of the pandemic. And all of a sudden, like all of our clients cut their marketing budgets, they did not want to congregate to do their shoots or tell their stories. And we sort of had to look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, like, you know, when a pandemic happens, when crisis happens, is your business crisis proof Mm -hmm. right and that really wasn't the case and it's not only it wasn't the case for us but it wasn't the case for so many people out there yeah so many people started turning to like virtual opportunities and so we realized that hey not only should we do the same but we can help so many people with those virtual opportunities you know like creating videos creating videos from home is is not an easy feat and we can really help somebody overcome that challenge. So so we sort of combined, you know, what we did for our clients, but mm. now it's not for our clients. Now it's for the everyday person looking to learn.
0: You ladies are accountability coaches and business mentors as well. How did that journey begin for you ladies and how long have you been coaches and mentors?
2: Yeah, I'd say that it's it's amazing because mentorship has been such a part of My journey, I can say, like, even when I was in university, just having incredible mentors, having incredible people in my life who just gave me not only insight, but also opportunities in in the things that they shared with me. And so, what we've done throughout the years is we've always had an internship program at NYB where we've you know brought on students from you know colleges and, and universities who are in, in programs and media programs who just wanted hands-on experience. So you know, we never really realized that we were being mentors. We just kind of it organically was part of our ecosystem to to in, inject that into our business. And now fast forward to com. beyond just helping people with their video creation and online marketing to really be seen and heard. We find ourselves providing business advice to entrepreneurs on the daily to help oh. them, whether it's from an accounting perspective, things that they don't, are not even considering or, or know about, but realistically like holding their hand on their journey and really helping them get rid of any fears that are holding them back or anything that we experienced. We are every single day mentoring the people that are in our circle and our in our community.
0: I love it. I think yeah, that's and
2: to to add to that, we're also holding them accountable.
1: Like mm-hmm. something that we quickly learned as we, you know, started doing course creation is that there are so many people who want to do, but imposter syndrome gets in the way. And the antidote to to not doing is just doing with blinders on. So yeah. a lot of, you know, our philosophy with our students is, I know you feel that way, but do it anyways. And we're going to hold you accountable doing it.
0: Feel the fear and do it anyway. Exactly. Right. I love it. I think that's incredible. Now, is your coaching and business mentoring? It's not focused solely on women-led businesses. Um, I would imagine it's across the board, men, women.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when we first started doing it, we wanted to only work with women. Okay. You know, as female entrepreneurs, especially in the video production industry. When we started out, there was like very little women in our industry. Mm-hmm. It was all male driven. So yeah. we had to sort of, you know, fight through that. And we wanted to give women a voice as well. However, as our business is evolving, it seems that there are also many other men who are struggling with this as well and so we're we're open we're open to helping anyone yeah our time right now so we know a lot of people are going through the same thing so whether you're a woman or a man or you know (laughs) anything else we are happy to work with you
0: how was that for you ladies as you just mentioned there weren't many women running businesses in the industry so what kind of adversity if any did you ladies face being in being one of few in this type of industry
2: we were very young when we started. I think we worked around for about a year. So when we started our business, we were about 22. And mm-hmm. I remember, I recall going into meetings and it was just so funny because they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, introduce yourself and, you know, we're, we're so-and-so from NYB media and they're like, okay, great. So how long has NYB media been around? And so what, what is your role at NYB media? You know, and that I, you know, it, it came up Multiple times, and Mm -hmm. talk about adversity. Talk about, you know, somebody sitting across the table from you and not realizing that you are the founder and you are the CEO. And and yes, you wear multiple hats, and you're very involved, and it's a very collaborative process. And we're gonna sit here in the meeting, and we're gonna close the sale, but we're also gonna be at the shoot, and we're also gonna hold the cameras and edit your piece. But it was just, it was very challenging, and it was about just. And this is the advice that we give. And I think it's a lot different now than it was even 10 years ago when we started. It's just such a world of a difference. But th- those are the kinds of challenges that we faced. And we just had to not let it affect us and and continue to prosper.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I distinctly remember always walking into boardrooms full of like older white gentlemen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that was the, that was what the corporate world looked like even 10 years ago and being referred to as girls all the time. You know, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's fine. But at the time when you're that young and you're trying to start your own business, you want to be taken seriously. Yes. And, And that was something that we were constantly up against was girls you know the girls from nyb what are the girls doing yeah. which what are honestly just- now it doesn't yeah. bother us yeah, yeah now we're
2: like girls,
1: please <laughs> <laughs> we're like we'd love that i am like i feel young if you call me girl
0: <laughs> have you ladies noticed a shift like just from your personal perspective being women in the industry have you ladies noticed a shift in terms of women moving more towards entrepreneurship and and starting their own businesses um, because maybe they're fed up with how the corporate world is treating them. Have you noticed a shift in your personal experiences that there's more women doing this and making the jump to entrepreneurship?
1: Absolutely. There's a huge shift because women are still so undervalued in comparison to their male counterpart. We've worked with a lot of, you know, students who have stories, like there's one, I'll just share a quick story, but a doctor that works with like, she's a student of ours. And she shared that she applied for the same position as somebody that she completed her residency with. And he was offered an extra $20,000 a year salary on top of What she was offered, and they obviously exchanged notes, you know. I mean, she was just like, you know, I went through all this schooling, I spent all this time, I prolonged having children, I'm just as good as him. Why is he getting paid more? And so that sort of like inspired her to look into starting her own business as well, because here there's a fair playing ground, right? Like, no one gets to decide how much you make. Yeah. Right. So, that's just one story, but we've heard so many of those, you know, we've heard so many women being undervalued at work just because they're women.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I come from that corporate background and I saw it all the time. Women not getting equal pay to their male counterparts, as you just mentioned, or not enough women, even in the C-suite level positions in these corporations. And I think that part of that shift is because women are getting fed up with being placed beneath men and just saying, you know what, if you're not going to respect me for what I bring and my value, then fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm going to start my own company. I'll be my own CEO. I don't need the big corporation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Now, I also know through conversation with you ladies previously that you're working in and operating from two, different, two separate locations. One of you is in NYC, one of you is in, here in Toronto. What kind of challenges has this situation created and have you had to deal with and overcome as a result of the business being done this way?
1: I was like, who's going to go for this one? <laughs> so I guess we can both tackle it. But essentially, we originally started the business in Toronto. We operated there in Toronto for about seven years, I believe. It was really like a tag team effort back then. Like if there was a shoot, you know, and we needed to be on it, one of us would be there or both of us would be there. I was very hands on. My life situation changed. I got married. (laughs) My husband is completing his fellowship in New York. And so I was traveling back and forth a lot. Uh, Every two weeks I'd be in Toronto, then I'd be back and forth like that. And then I got pregnant and mm. it's not as easy to travel <laughs> when course. that happens. And so it, over time, it became a more permanent situation. It wasn't like overnight. I moved to New York and it was just that. But moving to New York actually opened up many opportunities for us. I would say 30% of our clients now are U.S. clients, okay, which is big for a company like ours, especially with the dollar exchange rate. So, so it's actually been great because it, forced us to, again, get uncomfortable like we did in the beginning of our business and try to rile up some extra business in the United States. And it actually has benefited us greatly. And it has benefited us also in this pandemic because prior to this happening, we were
2: sort of like a virtual team. And here we are actually living that out. And I think to add to that, it was actually a blessing. I think it was something that was obviously challenges come your way the fear of the unknown strikes, what's going to happen. We always knew that, you know, our partnership would not fizzle out no matter where we are in the world, but Mm -hmm. it was a matter of figuring out how to best and most optimally run a company. And we've always thought about how do we scale? How do we scale? How do we scale? But I think us also being in the same country and like having each other, using each other as a crutch almost made us very dependent on each other we were very comfortable in that dependency Uh and that little bit of distance actually created massive opportunity for us to find our own voice a little bit more find our independence and also be able to bring other members and open the door and be able to trust other people because we knew that I couldn't hold down the fort just by myself here. I needed extra support. And when things were going on in the States and Nat was was there, she needed that support and I couldn't always be there for her. So, you know, it really did help with scaling. And I think whenever you're in a partnership, when you're doing everything together all the time, having that little bit of distance is really good and not forgetting that you need some time for Uh self-discovery on your own too. And really, it pushes you to a whole other limit.
0: Out of your comfort he's, zone.
2: He's happy that I left. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> no,
0: but distance, as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? Exactly. It's it's almost like that was hugely beneficial for your business, actually, and your company because you both grew as people, you both grew as entrepreneurs, and the business has grown as well. So it's
2: definitely we like, were we were trendsetters with the work at home sort of scenario. And <laughs> it's so funny because a lot of our team not was always like work from home, work from home. And, and I was all about bringing the team together. And it was a really good balance. We actually did implement work from home more so than a lot of other companies. And our team really loved that opportunity yeah. to be able to work from home and not have to commute. But it, it was, yeah, we were, we were definitely ahead of the times that way.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> What inspires you or lights you up the most about working in the video production and media world?
1: When we started our business, I'll just jump right in there. (laughs) Sure. We felt like the corporate world when it came to telling stories was a bit dry and old school. And we wanted to just bring a unique perspective. We used to call it like sexy. (laughs) (laughs) sexy videos because we gave that like cinematic touch that Um, was different that is now you'll see with many brands is new but back then it wasn't like that it was very much like talking head videos and it was boring to be honest so so that was what inspired us it was about taking ordinary stories and making extraordinary visuals around it and it still inspires us to this day we love telling stories now it's a little bit different. We're telling individual stories. We'll, we're helping individuals tell their mm-hmm. stories. We're still working with corporations a lot, but it's obviously the voice has changed. The visuals have changed. The purpose has changed. And it's all a reflection of like today and what's happening today and the future and
2: where everything's going. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and to add to that, I think what, what really lights me up as well in this industry that we're in is that we really get to be creative, no two projects are the same, no two clients are the same, which keeps the job really, really interesting. So every client and every every customer has a unique story to share. And it's just really cool and empowering to be able to play a small role in their success too. Mm-hmm. Again, you know the purpose of what we're doing is to allow people to shine and be heard and be seen and be able to communicate their stories with a greater audience and really have a broader reach. That's you know, and really shine light on the value that they have to offer. So to be able to play a role in that, it's it's pretty spectacular.
0: To date, what would you say is your biggest hire, your greatest win?
2: Mm. I can go first. I think my biggest time, biggest win is becoming completely (laughs) debt-free. Because when I was younger as an entrepreneur, I was like, money comes and goes, money comes and goes, and you spend money to make money. And, and, you know, I still have that sort of mentality that you need to invest money to make money. But it was also a big win for me personally, from a personal standpoint, to just be debt-free.
0: Yeah. Natalie? Natalie?
2: Oh, that's a good question. My biggest high, greatest
1: win. I mean, it has nothing to do with business. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of
0: course. Absolutely. <laughs> thats I want to get more on the personal side now. So the business questions, let's put that off to the side now. Now we're getting more into the personal side of things.
1: I mean, I think it was becoming a mother and overcoming the challenges of being an entrepreneur and a mother at the same time. And, I, and I, I'm i going to use overcoming very lightly because I'm yeah. still overcoming every single day. <laughs> right. But that's the biggest high when I feel like I am mastering work and being a good parent at the same time, which, you know, mom guilt is real.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, too, that a big part of society plays a big part in that in terms of society has always drilled into the heads of women specifically, that you can't have it all. You can't have a family and a business and and this and this and this. You have to pick one or the other. And it's not true. That is not it at all. You ladies are obviously proving that, and just as many other women are, but I think that society plays a huge part in drilling that into young ladies' heads, right, right?
1: hundred percent. And I also, you know, the biggest revelation that happened to me after I became a mother was, and it's because we both Yasmin and I were like really, you know, driven to be successful. Like it was like, we knew we we're hard workers in university. We knew we wanted to start a business. We worked really hard day in and day out. But what really dawned on me when I became a mother was that, you know, even 60 years ago, a woman was still expected to stay home and yes. raise children and today we're still doing that. We're still having children, we're still raising them, and we're still building careers yeah. all at the same time. So I know this is gonna get a little sexist. <laughs> That's okay. But you know, sometimes I feel I don't know what the correct word for it is, but like I feel like a man doesn't know what that is like. Like we to don't, actually you're right. Bear a child, have that transformation happen to your body mm-hmm. go through you know that go through breastfeeding go through like all of that and then still be successful at work that to me is like the weight of the world mm-hmm.
0: for sure women have it a lot harder, and that's why i've always said that half the women so let's go back to the corporate conversation again Mm -hmm. and where women aren't treated the same way in that world in terms of not getting equal pay but the women are just as if not more so qualified than the men who are doing those jobs so why in the hell are women not getting equal pay fuck they should be getting more money than the men than half the men doing the jobs they do it's ridiculous because of women being able to do it all it absolutely should be appreciated and women need to be elevated to here if not above the men
1: I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I'm
0: No, but it's true, though, with what you just said. I mean, this has been going on for years and years. Women have had mm-hmm. the career and motherhood and, and, and. so it, 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 women are completely capable.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that, you know, bothers me, not bothers me, I don't even know what the word for it is, but we are like judged or like weighed on the success, mm-hmm. right? You don't meet a stay-at-home mom and say to her, wow, you're a stay-at-home mom. You have the best job in the world or you have the hardest job. in the- people don't do that. No. People actually look down on stay-at-home moms because mm-hmm. they decided to stay home with their children instead of going and chasing that career. Yeah. But like every mom will tell you, stay-at-home moms have the hardest job mm-hmm. in the world.
0: 100% agree.
1: And they are so undervalued. They are so unappreciated and they're so looked down upon in this yep. society because we merit success on your bank account.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I agree with you 100%. Motherhood is the uh, there is no tougher job in the world. None. Absolutely not. Get
1: like you know CEO paycheck.
0: G- yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
2: Yeah, this is this is good. I think speaking for both of us, I would say that integrity is our superpower and that we both share. I think having integrity. And everything that we do personally and professionally, we've always said, you know, we are our ward. So when we commit to something, when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. When, you know, when we say we're going to deliver on something, we're going to deliver on that. When we're setting real expectations, we set realistic expectations and make sure that we meet those expectations. And if we can't, we own up to it with full-on honesty. And we we also own up to our mistakes if, if that's the case. So integrity is definitely our superpower.
0: Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you?
1: To me, it's the perfect balance between feeling fulfilled, financial success, and having time to be with loved ones.
2: Yasmin? Yeah. For me, success is growth. I think that No matter where you are in your life, at what stage you're in, on your journey, as long as you're growing, you're succeeding. So that's it. Becoming a better version of yourself and, and reaching new heights.
0: Love it. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self?
2: I can go first. Here we go. So <laughs> what makes me feel in- inspired? I think I get really inspired when I'm faced with some sort of challenge that makes me feel uncomfortable, because that's usually what leads to new ideas, to change that's really good, and and to trying new things. So Again, when I'm challenged, like beyond my comfort zone and I, and I get to learn a new skill set, that's when I'm, I'm really inspired. And what makes me feel like my best self, I really, truly believe that self-care and self-awareness is, is key for everyone, no matter who you are and what you're doing in life. Just being in tune with your mind and your body and taking care of yourself is key in being able to show up just every day, again, as your best self for yourself and for others. I'm going to be honest. I get really inspired by
1: success stories. I love hearing success stories. I yearn, I seek them out in books, in like, you know, YouTube videos and whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I like to hear about the underdog making it, as does everybody else. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, And that inspires me. Like, that inspires me to hack it. That inspires my curiosity. Like, that's where I'm like, wow, they did that we can do it too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, it's never ending. Like you don't get off that bandwagon. It doesn't matter how successful you become hearing other success stories only inspires you more.
0: Yeah, for sure. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice
1: you've ever received? So the one that I always (laughs) go back to is that it's going to take a hundred no's to get to one. Yes. And that is like feeding back into, you know, as a young person starting a business you face rejection a lot like Yasmin and I were in so many meetings where they would say no sorry this isn't for us and every time you get rejected you're like why are we doing this we should stop we should do something different and then you have to reel yourself back and like no I know why we're doing this and over time rejection gets easier and over time you realize when you get rejected it actually makes you one step closer to success so I always say that to myself whenever we're faced with rejection Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, great. That just means we're getting closer to the prize.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love that attitude. Yasmin.
2: Yeah. For me, it's just listen, listen intently, you know, listening to understand, to learn, and also to empathize with, with others.
0: What is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it?
1: The most important thing I've learned in my life is that we are not defined by our past and we are not victims of our circumstances. When I learned that it was like a huge shift, I realized that I could really do anything in the world. I realized that I could look like anything that I wanted in the world and that I'm not like shackled by what was happening to me or my genetics. And that was a really freeing experience. We all go through hardships But I I like to say, like, we weren't born that way, right? Like when you are young, you really think anything is possible and then things happen to you in life and your world gets a little bit smaller and smaller and smaller. But when you realize that those things happened and they happened back then and they're going to stay there and that you are completely in charge of your future, you
2: really can do anything. Love it. Yeah, I, that? Echo, I echo what Nat said. I don't know if I can say it any better than that, <laughs> to be honest. I think the most important thing in life is knowing that you have the power to control things in your life. Yes, there are things that happen where it may seem that it's out of our control and, and you can't let that you know break you or stress you out, but really that's taking ownership of what you do have control of.
0: Mm, that's all about mindset though. And mindset shift is a very, very hard thing to, to get into. But I think that once you do your whole world changes, it's -hmm. a complete change. It's an incredible thing to see happen and to have happen.
2: It truly is.
0: What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you?
1: (laughs) I I think I already talked about mine, but that (laughs) it was basically, you know, becoming a mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had many leading up to that point. But that one just trumped it. Yeah, (laughs) after I've had a child, I kind of talked about it already. Like it's Mm -hmm. really having a child being able to juggle it all, you know, my partner, he's studying to become a cardiologist, so he's never around. Right. (laughs) So when I say juggling it all, I really mean it. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, not only work, but the balance of raising a child with someone who's not as available all the time. And, and really just being able to juggle all of that, not having help around and all of that. So that was a huge turning point in my life. And it was also it affected me greatly, because I realized I can do it all. And that's the goal, right? Like, that's what I'm trying to achieve here is being able to do it all without losing your mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's an important piece right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yasmin?
2: For me, I, I haven't had the experience of being a mother. I think that's going to be a huge turning point in my life. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. But for me, I think one of the biggest and talking from like an entrepreneurship perspective is a lot of times, you know, we don't, I mean, yes, we have to put food on the table and, and pay our bills, but The biggest turning point was making that decision of going all in to, you know, owning the business and just following my passion. So the pursuing entrepreneurship full time was a big turning point and giving myself the gift of having creative freedom, flexibility, that unlimited potential and growth that we talked about earlier. Like all of that was pretty amazing and it was life changing.
0: Okay, What does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: Empowerment means to me, taking action in the face of anything, like taking action in the face of fear, in the face of doubt, in the face of naysayers, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what empowerment means to me. It's just taking action in the face of whatever comes at you. well. yeah,
2: that's really good. It, it gets hard when you do a double interview because <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, then you have this thought in your head and you're like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. I think it's just, you know, building that confidence internally to the point that you don't doubt your decisions. You don't, um, you don't, it, it just impacts every single choice and decision that you make. And it comes from like a place of, <sighs> I, I can't even describe the feeling, but it's just, it's just confidence from from within, uh-huh. and also being able to help others too, like empower others. I yeah. think empowerment isn't just what you feel and what you do, but it's how you affect the community around you too.
0: Beautiful. I love that. What is one of your favorite quotes?
1: Yasmin has one.
0: Honestly.
2: It's sure. one
1: of those days. I'm not sure if I could give you one.
2: <laughs> well, we love one of our favorite people on, on our journey. And this is somebody who we've actually looked up to since we started our business. It was mm-hmm. Marie Forleo. And she's really big. I'm sure you've heard of it, yes. whoever's listening. <laughs> But she says, she says, you can do whatever you set your mind to. If you just roll up your sleeves, get out there and, and do it. And everything is figureoutable. And I think that just has really stuck. It's, it's an easy one to remember and also to take note that everything truly is figure figureoutable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marie Forleo is amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to do a little rapid fire section here. So one, two, three word answer type things for the next set of questions. Okay, How would you describe yourself in one word?
1: Ambitious.
2: Curious.
0: Entrepreneur life is?
2: A roller coaster. Exhilarating.
0: If I had an extra hour a day, I would?
2: Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense
0: for you. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: And more quality time with my family because you're never going to be able to turn back time.
0: My favorite way to unwind is?
2: Have a glass of wine and good conversation. Yeah. Enjoy a great meal and watch a show uninterrupted. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> the last book or podcast I listened to or read
1: was? We both read the same book. So should we say at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was Russell Brunson's um
2: traffic secret. Expert why? Well, and I, I, you read traffic, I read expert secrets. Oh. So there you go, you get two.
0: If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change?
1: I would change, you know, the the class system the financial class system there are so many people in the world who are struggling right now and when you look at our class system 80 percent of the wealth is like governed by one percent yeah and and that just doesn't seem fair to me yeah yeah i agree i echo that i say share the wealth
0: yeah what's one thing you want but cannot buy with money
1: time
2: time (laughs) always time always time
0: If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be?
2: Invest in yourself early. Empathy, really try to place yourself in someone else's shoes and and understand how they're feeling, what they're going through, what they're experiencing from their perspective.
0: If you came with a warning label, what would yours say?
2: Cranky when cold. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one because that that's very true, Nat. <laughs> Mine is can break out in a dance party at any time. That's awesome. the warning. <laughs> what
0: is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books?
2: I think we, we said like Russell Brunson's okay. It's been really um, insightful and, and life-changing for us and our course creation journey. So highly recommend it.
0: Okay. If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? <laughs> Now, this is not rapid fire. We're done with the rapid fire. Oh, stuff.
1: okay. Well, this is kind of, I don't know, controversial,
2: but I, I would sit down with like Donald Trump and be like, why? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> that's walk- a good one. <laughs> yeah. I'd say my grandparents, they all passed away when I was really young. So I'm so curious. I want to hear stories. I want to know about them, about their parents and their grandparents, my ancestry. So yeah, my grandparents. Yeah.
0: What is the most recent investment you've made in yourself?
1: I recently invested in a fellow course creator teaching about cryptocurrency and very, very curious on the subject. And I'm learning a lot, and it's been nice to do something completely different than yeah. what
2: I do day to day. So I'm really enjoying that investment. Okay. Yasmin? <laughs> Yeah, fitness. Fitness has always been a big part of both of our lives. Like we were very, very, very active. But just simply put, my Apple Watch, because it holds <laughs> me accountable to my movement on the daily. So that's probably the most recent okay. materialistic investment, I guess okay. you could say.
0: What is your personal motto?
2: My personal
1: motto is do what you say you're going to do. It's simple,
0: plain and simple. It. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: This is kind of because of my recent investment, but I would tell my younger self
2: to invest in Bitcoin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yasmin?
2: Yeah, honestly, financial literacy is so huge. I feel like something that we were lacking so much growing up. So if I could go back to my younger self, I would also say you know, save your money, invest your money.
0: Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey together. And it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I appreciate you both. And and just so grateful for you ladies taking the time to be here today and be part of the Empowerography community by sharing your journey with us today.
2: Thank you so much for having us. It was really a pleasure and we really enjoyed it. Good. Thank you so much. This is a fantastic platform. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate those kind words. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your powerography podcast. Today, my guests have been Natalie and Yasmin. They are the co-owners and founders of NYB Media Incorporated and CourseCreation.com. Thank you, ladies. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
2: Thanks. Thank you. You too.